Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have Lars Olson and Zachary Brockhoff back with us to talk about the hymn, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say, and though we may not get Jesus' direct voice here, we do get your two voices. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Mason. We are on the sixth Sunday of Pentecost, and uh, the joy continues through Matthew ten and eleven. Uh, the fun, uh, the fun pre- uh, preaching that we get That's to do right. in these uh, these through the summer. Uh, but Zachary, tell us a little bit about why you have selected. Um, this hymn to go along with Matthew 11. I chose this because it's the church musician's way out of the difficult part of this text. Um, there's no talk of rejecting John or Jesus um, or being worse off than those who were not given Christ, uh, you know, the first the first half of this text and what they left out of the, of the uh, pericope also. Um, but instead, we're just going to s- jump straight to Christ's words of comfort. Um, well, that may be what it seems like, but... Um, uh, of course, this hymn, uh, in some sense, quotes Jesus' words, come come unto me, all you who are weary, I will give you rest. Um, but even within that, we have uh, uh, um, actual acknowledgement of, I think, portions of the first half of this. Um, you certainly have to preach on the text and, ex- and explain a little bit about what's going on here before you can get there, but the hymn... Um, supports quite well um, the entirety of the of the lectionary text for this week of the gospel reading. The hymn itself um, uh, was first published in 1846 and um, uh, and then in a later publication it was titled The Voice from Galilee um, which is interesting um, particularly uh, that later on it's it's called I heard the voice of Jesus say we get a little more uh, specific then <laughs> um, and uh, our hymn writer, uh, who's prolific, um, kept a small notebook. Um, this anecdote comes from his son, that he kept a small notebook um, as he would wander around in life to write down thoughts. Um, so it's very possible that uh, this hymn was uh, something that he wrote as, uh, as he traveled and, um, and went about his day. Um, there was no formal request for this hymn uh, that we know of, um, but he's writing it obviously based on Scripture throughout all three stanzas. Hmm. So, um, to me, uh, for everybody sort of wondering um, what the Bible has to say to me, right? Uh, the, these words are uh, great to hear and, and um, lovely to, to read Scripture, but what does this mean for me? Um, the hymn places, I think, Christ's invitation in this hymn, and then uh, we see how that invitation is in some ways lived out, Um and Christ's words, of course, are are comforting. Um, that's why you would why you would uh, probably end up preaching on that portion of the passage and also singing the hymn. But um, if we look at the second half, for instance, of stanza one, um, it's not really just a uh, quotation of Jesus' greatest hits. Right? <laughs> I am uh, come to me. I will give you rest. I am uh, the 
the living water and finally the world's light. But the second half of that first stanza says, I came to Jesus as I was, uh, weary, worn, sad. Um, it, it is an acknowledgement that um, the world in which we live, um, in the world in which we live, there, there, there is not rest uh, in the same way that Christ is offering. Um, and so apart from Christ's voice, um, we're left in this condition, weary, worn, sad. And this is in, in some sense what Christ is addressing in the, in the first half of this gospel text. Right. I mean, uh, the, again, the, the, uh, Jesus is out in the world and he's saying, uh, God had sent prophets, uh, he's given his word and what do you do but say, we don't want it. Right. And, uh, so even like, you know, we played the flute for you and you would not dance. I've come to give you this joy and right. you simply either can't or won't hear the joy of Christ coming into the world. Um, which is I really what I think this, the, the, the beginning, I'm usually kind of afraid or not afraid, but nervous about hymns that have so many eyes in them, right? Sure. It's all yeah. about me. Right. But this, this hymn seems to be sort of a, um, a confession, both of the state, not like yeah, I'm, I need to be more weary so no. that I can get more Jesus, but the state that we really find ourselves in, in a truth telling, and it comes uh, about that I heard Jesus' voice that did something to me in the midst of that state. Yes. So in the midst of my rejection, I still hear this voice of Christ calling me out of my uh, self into the joy and rest that he comes to give. Well, there's a practicality to what Jesus is saying. You know, the hymn's acknowledging that, right? Um, right? That, it, that they're not just nice words uh, or sort of poetic and can be set to music, but but that they have real purpose. I would agree with you. The hymns, um, the, the classic hymn that, that uh, does this, and oftentimes it's, it's not even the, uh, it can be the eyes, but also placing words of Christ in the mouths of those singing can be problematic because it's unclear who's doing what. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one has a nice, even because of the way, um, uh, and you have to look in ELW at um, 611, um, because of the way the, the, the melody flows um, and is written, um, I think it, it works well as contrasting points. Um, Christ's words, and then the melody does something else as we as we continue. So th- there's a nice uh, musical break even mm-hmm. in this that that sets those things apart. Um, yeah. So um, the 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 other two stanzas that really don't have anything to do with this week's gospel reading. Um, in particular, um, stanza two to me felt like a bit of a time machine because, um, you know, we, we looked at Christ as living water and give me this water that I may ever thirst again back in Lent. And so um, if, if uh, folks have been um, listening to the podcast or uh, attending uh, semi-regularly in church, you may say, where is this coming from? But there in that case, again, I, I thought um, you have to think about who Christ is uh, talking with at that point, the woman at the well, who's just lost in sin and Christ points this out. And, um, so again, what, what comes out of this when, when sinners, uh, uh, come to Christ and drink of the life giving stream, as the hymn says, um, there's, there's a result here of what Christ offers. Thirst is quenched, souls are revived, and we live then in Christ. Um, so uh, our life then in each of these instances, as weird as it is to quote Jesus in some ways, I think the life then is heard in the voice of Christ. 
there's a there's a helpful thing that this hymn does because in each in each case it starts the same way. I heard the voice of Jesus say, right. Which is going to be key for the rest of it, right? Absolutely. I heard Jesus' voice. I heard his word come to me in the midst of all the um, problems, in the midst of all of our death, in the midst of all of our sin, uh, that he's come to rescue me from That's this. Right. And for, for those who are in this context, you know, we hear the voice of Jesus and uh, we can actually sing about this now. Uh, you know, here they're playing the flute and they won't dance. Well, we hear the voice of Christ and we say, let's sing about that. Um, this is good news. Well, uh, at, in the uh, in the fear of uh, being left high and dry, are there any other hymns you might pick for this week that, that would match up with Matthew 11? Yes. So the first one I'll give, I, again, um, uh, uh, the, this one is, is not a quotation directly, um, but Come Ye Disconsolate in, in ELW as well, um, which will give uh, some of the both and, right, that Christ um, is here to heal uh, broken uh, our uh, broken relationships, uh, our broken relationship with God. Um, and finally, there's also a, a reference to Holy Communion at the conclusion of this also. Um, see the bread of life uh, in this as well. Um, so that's one option. The other one which I would commend to you, and this is going to seem like um, I'm cheating, but I, I hope not, Um the uh, text that we've been looking at um, is set to two different tunes uh, in ELW. Um, the, the first, 611, the, the tune name is uh, Kingsfold, um, which is fine. Um, all you get there is the melody, and it's a lovely melody um, with a harmonization by Ray Fun Williams, and it's easy to sing. And that's the one in most cases that I've heard congregations sing if we're going to choose. Um, back in the, uh, um, I believe it's the Lent section of the hymnal, um, which makes sense given uh, the woman at the well appearing there, um, is the same text set to a different tune. This tune um, uh, is uh, uh, Thomas Tallis, a tune by Thomas Tallis, and it's absolutely hauntingly beautiful, um, particularly when sung in four parts. Um, I could imagine a situation where you might uh, you could even combine these. They happen to be in the same key. Uh, so you could have the congregation sing uh, 611 and maybe take uh, um, the other one, uh, uh, 332, I think, um, uh, as a maybe a choir stanza or something like that. If not, sing all of it uh, with the talus tune, uh, but they're completely different. So you can experience this text in completely different ways. And um, most recently I heard this um, actually, the, the, the earlier version, uh, the talus tune sung as part of a procession at a funeral. So um, it is, uh, you have two good options there um, and two different ways you could experience this text once in Lent and maybe once now in July. <laughs> so uh, it's up to you.
Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza by stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.